Welcome to the Christ Academy podcast with Jeff Wong, where you'll receive inspiring ideas and stories as we explore the journey of faith in Christ. Okay, let's get rolling into the MT12 talk, then we'll have some announcements and giving. The MT12 talk, we're continuing our series on the book of Acts. And if you've missed any and you want to go and grab a hold of them and listen to them, they're, if you didn't know this, they're, they're, recently we put them in the form of podcasts. And so you can go to the new learning platform that we established called uh, ChristAcademy.online. We'll show you, we'll give you a little bit of a tour in the announcements. You can go to that, that website and the, in the top left menu, um, there's a link to podcasts. And uh, we'll show you around in that. So that's just nothing but the message. But this week, in one of the WhatsApp groups, Angela asked, is there somewhere that to go to, you know, get the service whenever you miss it? And we've kept telling people that you can go to the church online platform, but we only have the service there till about Wednesday or Thursday. So that gave me an idea, and I thought, let's, let's, let's because we have the recordings online in our Vimeo account. And so... We're gonna we we I just made that available today. So if you've missed any of the series on Acts chapter one, chapter two, three, um, you can go to there. And at any time in the future, you can go there. And I'll show you a little bit around that when we do the announcements a little bit later. So this week we're talking about we're we're digging into Acts four. Um, I hope you guys got a hold of the Bible backgrounds that uh, for this that have been so good. I'll I'll, I'll highlight some of that a little bit later. But today we're going to be talking about courageous confidence, something that we see happening amongst the believers in the beginnings of the church after Jesus' ascension. And just to kind of retrace our steps, after Jesus died, on the third day, he rose again. And it wasn't just for a moment. He spent 40 days with the disciples, with the various believers, and it was, it was, I mean, can you imagine what that's like to see and experience Jesus risen from the dead? And to, for, at least for Thomas, he got to even put his, his, poke his fingers into the holes that were in Jesus' hands. I wonder what that was like from the crucifixion, you know, in, in his side. And to see that and to, to know that this is Jesus who's been, who, who rose from the dead. And then to spend 40 days, 40 days with them. Powerful. And then Jesus gives instructions to wait. Wait in Jerusalem. Because remember, these guys are all from Galilee, north. And, and so Jesus said, wait here in Jerusalem until you, until you receive the gift of from his father, from Jesus' father, which is God the Father. And so they wait there, and this is where the book of Acts comes into play. And so, just as a reminder, if Luke, the primary character of the book of Luke was Jesus, who's the primary character in the book of Acts? It's the Holy Spirit. And so, if Luke and the rest of the Gospels were about the birth and life of Jesus. Acts is the birth and life of the church. 
I don't mean the institutional church. I don't mean the organization. And I don't mean the building of the church. I mean the people who are followers of Jesus, who are a called out community of people following him on mission. And you can see the disciples, and I'm not just talking about the 12, but all the disciples. There's about 100 or 120 in that upper room waiting for the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit in the previous chapters just came in power on their lives. And then we, we come to now. I mean, I'm I'm, miss, I'm I'm skipping a whole bunch of stuff, guys. Go if you haven't read it, go and read it. And if you even if you did read it, it's great to spend even more time in the in the the word. Today we're going to talk about courageous confidence because we see that in the life of the disciples. And so we're going to read two passages of scripture within Acts four. And from each one, I want to draw a conclusion or a reflection for you. And this is so good for us to to dive into the, the Word of God. The first one that we're going to look at is from verse, verses 29 to 31. So let's read this together. Once again, when we read the Bible, we're not just reading a work of literature. We're, we're reading the living Word of God. And this, this is the Word of God. And there's a relationship between the Word of God and Jesus. We see we, we saw that in John one when we were when we were reading through John one. In the beginning was the Word, the Logos, in Greek, the Word. And the Word was God. It was, it was a part of what is said in that in that in those first few verses. And so right now, as we read this, let us honor the Word of God in our lives and the Word of God coming out of our mouths, going in our ears, coming out of our mouths. Going through our eyes, coming out of our mouths. This, this is the powerful word of God in you. So let's read this out loud together. Verse 29. And now, and sorry, before we go into this, we're, I'm, I'm inserting us right in the middle of a prayer, a powerful prayer. So this is, the, this, is a, this is a part of where the prayer continues. So read it with me. Verse 29. And now, Lord... Take note of their intimidations intended to silence us. Grant us, your servants, the courageous confidence we need to go ahead and proclaim your message while you reach out your hand to heal people, enabling us to perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Next page. They finished their prayer and immediately the whole place where they had gathered began to shake. All the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began speaking God's message with courageous confidence. If we take a step back from this passage, we see that Simon Peter and John, who were involved in healing that lame man, and I don't mean lame as in like he's stupid or um, or he's a loser. I'm talking about lame as in he was he had a physical disability or he had an injury. He was lame in that sense. And so Simon Peter and John come up to this guy and they're heading into the temple. They they are entering through the gate of the temple called Beautiful. And um, and then the guy asks for money, and they say, hey, we don't have any money. We don't have any coins. But what we do have 
we want to give to you. Get up and walk in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. I'm paraphrasing. And they bring him, and then and Simon Peter has the the has the insert your your own words in there. He has the courage, I guess, to take that guy by the hand. He didn't just say, "I'm going to pray for you" or something. He he takes the guy by the hand and lifts him up. A guy who was lame through all his life, whose people have seen there for decades, begging for money at that gate. And he has the courage because he knows what Jesus has done. He's witnessed it for himself. He's seen it for himself. He has the courage to lift that guy up by the hand and tell him to get up and walk. And you'd think this would be a great thing that for, for everyone. Everyone would see that and it would be a great thing. There was an uprising, an uproar there. People were going crazy seeing what, what happened. It was an, an amazing moment. But... Uh, the stupid powers that be, the Sanhedrin, all the elites, the wealthy, the powerful, the knowledgeable, the religious, the, the, the elite religious people, politicians, a part of this ruling class called the Sanhedrin, a part of them, a part of them that there was Pharisees as a part of it, there were people who are part of the Sanhedrin, I mean, the the Sadducees, and they didn't believe in the resurrection. And so when Peter, Simon Peter and John were talking about, about Jesus being raised from the dead, the Sadducees had a big problem with that because theologically they didn't believe in a resurrection. And all these, all these people on the Sanhedrin, they didn't believe... They didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah in the first place. They had a big problem with that. To them, it was heresy. It was complete heresy. To them, it was also a threat to their power. It was a threat to their power of overseeing people, policing people by by the rules of the Old Testament, combined with the additional rules that they had made. Jesus was a threat. He was outside of their theology. And here we have some like these like low life peasants coming in the power of Jesus name to them to a lot of them probably a cult leader to some of them they probably knew he was the messiah but they're willing to deny it but here we see these peasants they're not theologically educated theology is is the the study of god and they're not theologically educated. They're probably not even educated. They're fishermen and other people and and mostly peasants, with the exception of someone like Matthew, who was wealthy as a tax collector. But you can see, you could you could just you could just picture yourself there that, that the Sanhedrin was pissed off that that these guys are doing these things. So they arrest who should they arrest? If they're going to arrest someone, who should they arrest? They arrest Simon Peter. They arrest John. They arrest a third person, as you could, if you if you go back and read through this 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 particular chapter. They arrest a third person, and it's the person who was healed. Why on earth would you heal? Why on, why on earth would you arrest the person who got healed? 
they knew who he was. They're going to arrest him because he started. He got up and started to walk. What kind of charges would you would you lay on him? These guys just wanted to cause problems, and so they tell they tell these gentlemen never to talk about these types of things again. And Simon Peter's like, "There's no way that you can stop me from tell from talking about this anymore because I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen what what Jesus has done. I can't help." But to talk about it, he is the Messiah, and people can be healed in the name of Jesus. He had this courageous confidence. And in this prayer that we read about, let's go back. In this prayer that we read about, we see that, that he's praying and he's asking. He has this hum, even though such powerful things happen through him. His prayer says, grant us your servants. We're just your servants. We're nothing. We're just a means for these things to happen. We're just represent re- representatives of Jesus. We're just ambassadors. We're not the main thing. Jesus is the main thing. They're servants. But he's asking God to give us the courageous confidence we need to go ahead and proclaim your message. People, we need this same courage. The same, the same courageous confidence that Simon Peter and the disciples had. In this day and age where Christians are hiding, they're hiding in the side room, they're hiding behind their screens, they're, they're hiding behind... As, as I'm speaking, I have this picture of the church, the believers, us, and others beyond us, that's a whole bunch of supermen and superwomen that refuse to put on our cape, that refuse to take off our civilian clothes. And we're just like Clark Kent's. We're just like Clark Kent's, all of us, and we're just and we never and, and we're never showing who we really are in Christ. We're never opening up the shirts and showing the S for us. It would be C that we're mini Christ, we're Christians. Because we lack the heart. We lack the courageous confidence to go out and to just and just to, to be a representation of Christ, whether people are offended, whether people want to stop us. We need that courageous confidence to rip open the shirt that like, I am a C. I am a Christian. I am a, I am a represent, representative of Christ, and Jesus heals lives. Jesus comes in power and makes things happen. Ah. Oh. There's something so powerful about that that we need. As we read these scriptures, don't just leave it for for Simon Peter and John. Remember that they were ordinary men. The Sanhedrin, when they saw them, they knew that they were ordinary men. They're just peasants. They're nobodies. They're absolute nobodies. Just that they'd spent time with Jesus and the Holy Spirit of God was unleashed on them. That they... Transition from ordinary men to extraordinary men by the power of the Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. That is so incredibly powerful. That's verse 29, praying for courageous confidence. And what do we see later on in that scripture? In verse 31, they began speaking God's message with courageous confidence, guys. It doesn't matter... If you're a teenager or you're a senior, it doesn't matter if you're a woman 
or if you're a man. It doesn't matter if you're confused about your gender identity. It, if you have God in your life, speak out with courage, with courageous confidence. We need that. We need that. You know, this week, in the Bible background that came out this Friday, there's something so powerful that, that was talked about. And thank you, Team Ivana and Remy, who were working on this. I don't know if it was just Ivana. Sometimes Ivana does it. Sometimes it's Ivana and Remy. Maybe sometimes it's Remy. I don't know. But they're such a great team from the UK, a part of our community. But there's a part of it where one of the slides, it's entire, it says, From Deny to Defy. And here you see it on the screen. This Holy Spirit transformation happened where Peter goes from fear to fearless, it says. This is what we need. Some of us have denied Christ by living like we don't, living, living like we don't know Him. Our actions don't show it. We verbally don't say anything. It's as if we're invisible Christians. We're, once again, we have our civilian clothes on. And we're unwilling to come out as who we really are. And Peter was like that. Jesus said that Peter would deny him three times. And Peter's like, no way. I would never do that to you, Lord. I would die for you. I would do anything for you. He's ready to fight the Romans for Jesus. And then when all hell broke loose and they came after Jesus. And they were torturing him. And the crowds were going crazy. Wanting him crucified. When Peter, people approached Peter and they asked him, like, aren't you that Galilean guy uh, that was with Jesus? Who, me? No, 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 no. Not, not me. Not me. Well, aren't you that guy that was a, a disciple of Jesus? M- me? No, 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 no. You, you must be thinking about someone else. A third time. Aren't you? No, 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 not, not me, no. I'm not with that guy. He denied Jesus. He went from denying Jesus to here defying the authorities that asked that would that would that condemned him and 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 commanded him to stop talking about Jesus. He went from denying the name of Jesus to defying the authorities. He went from having so much fear in his heart that now he's fearless. He's willing to even die for Jesus. That's what we need. We need need this courageous confidence before God. And when we read the Bible background, man, we see a background that we need to bring into the foreground of our lives. We need that courageous confidence. It's like in that movie, The Wizard of Oz. There was that lion. Man, he was a lion. The king of the, the beasts. But he was a coward. We are like that lion. But for so many of us, we're cowards inside when it comes to Jesus. So willing to deny him with our lives, deny him with our silence. But we need to move. We need to move forward. We need to turn around. We need to face the opposition. We need to face the mission field. We need to face those that God has put a love in our hearts for. We need to face the harvest fields. And be willing to go out into the harvest. Be willing to sow seeds, to water them. 
to gossip the name of Jesus, to tell people what we've witnessed. That's what being a witness means, that we share what we have witnessed. And I have witnessed God move. I've witnessed Jesus do things in my life, and so have you. I've witnessed God do things in your life, and I can be a witness to those things to other people. In the Christ Academy online platform, we put up one one we put up a challenge within there. And I want to encourage you guys to go with that challenge. One of them is to is to go and have coffee with someone or or to have a conversation with someone and to share, to be a witness, to share what you have witnessed to someone and, and by doing so to speak life into them. I want to encourage you guys to do that. That to to move out in courageous confidence. In the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit that is within you. The second, this, actually, before we move into the second thing, I feel like I should just stop for a moment and just pray for you, for us. We need to take courage. We need, we need, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to step out. When we say step out, we need to step out in faith that God's going to meet us there. And so let me pray for us for a moment. Just a time out from this message. God, guys, as, as a, a prophetic action, I want you to take your hand and put it on your heart right here. The heart often represents courage. I want you to put your hand on your heart. I also want you to take a hand and, and put it out towards the screen as a as a sign of praying for other people too. And let's pray together. God, we just admit that at times we've been cowards. We've denied you. We need to move from deny to defy. We need to move from fear to being fearless. We need our hearts to grow big so that we can love people and we can be courageous enough to go to them, to love them, to open our mouths, God. So we pray for ourselves and we pray for each other that you would enlarge courage in our hearts and in our lives. We pray for our brothers and sisters that we wouldn't just be the only ones, that they would be ones that would rise up in courage as well, God. May this be a season where you use us, where you use us beyond our, our abilities, beyond our capabilities, God. That something powerful, super powerful, supernatural happens because of you, the Holy Spirit, empowering us. Build courageous confidence in us, in us all. In Jesus' name, the same Jesus that healed that lame man, the same Jesus that rose from the dead. Amen. Amen, amen. Okay, we haven't finished, guys. That's point number one. We're going to, and that's scripture segment number one. We're going to go to segment number two right here. Verse 32 and verse 37, and I'll have a reflection for you. So let's read this together. This is the word of the Lord. Glory be to God for his word. Verse 32. During those days, the entire community of believers was deeply united in heart and soul 
to such an extent that they stopped claiming private ownership of their possessions. Instead, they held everything in common. The apostles with great power gave their eyewitness reports to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Everyone was surrounded by an extraordinary grace. Not a single person in the community was in need because those who had been affluent sold their houses and lands and brought their possessions to the emissaries of the Lord. Then they distributed the funds to individuals according to their needs. One fellow, Cyprian Levite, named Joseph, a Cyprian Levite, so it must have been from Cyprus and from the, 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 the tribe of Levites, named Joseph, earned a nickname because of his generosity in selling a field and bringing the name, I mean the money to the apostles in this way. Barnabas, um, sorry, from that time on, they called him Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. Man, I would love... I would have loved in my life if people gave me a nickname for some for something that was so go- that was godly. But I don't. But one person who does have that is this guy named Barnabas who was Joseph. And good powerful things are going to happen to him through this cha- through this book in Acts. But man, we see some extraordinary, unusual, crazy, I would even say, types of things going on here. And so in In verse 32, whoops, I hit my mic. In verse 32, verses 32 to 37, man, it describes the entire community of believers. By this time, there's thousands of them. They were deeply united. Thousands of people weren't just united. They were deeply united in both heart and soul. They were so united. Think family. Think of your family. Like, hopefully your family is united. Not every family has that privilege. But if you've ever experienced that kind of unity, it's like this is ours. Whatever it is, it's not just dads. It's not just daughters. It's not just moms. It's not just the sons. It's, it's This is ours. And they had that in common. It extended beyond their physical family to their spiritual family together that they stopped claiming private ownership of their possessions. That's crazy. I wonder what it would be like if us as a church began to do that more and more. I wonder what it would be like. like, Who would be the first person to do that? What would that be like? How would that influence the second person and the third person where we have such a unity, a unity within our hearts, a unity within our souls? This is what they experienced. And I long for that, for us to experience that. And instead, they held everything in common. They, had, they held everything in common. The apostles with great power gave their eyewitness reports of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus because they were eyewitnesses. And we can, win, we can be witnesses to what we've experienced in Jesus. And what happened? The scripture says that they, had, they experienced extraordinary grace. Man, If we would take these kind of risks with God, then we would begin to experience God's extraordinary grace. God's extraordinary grace in our own lives. God's extraordinary grace amongst us as a community. That would be powerful. 
It would be a church that's just not powerless. It's just, it'd be powerful because it's filled with extraordinary grace of God. Not a single person in the community was in need because those who had been affluent sold their houses and lands and brought the proceeds to the apostles. Man, I've never seen that in all of my life as a, as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, where someone sold their property, their land, their houses, whatever it might be, and they brought it to the apostles so that the apostles could distribute it to people in need. And no one was in need because of that. That is so powerful. We need that, guys. We need that. They distributed those things, distributed those things. And man, that guy, that guy who got renamed to Barnabas, which means sons of encouragement, man, if if you were if if you were that guy, if you were man, Lord oh God, make us like that guy, God, that we would be so generous, that we would do so much for p- the kingdom, for people through your kingdom that we would be such an encouragement to people's lives. That would be powerful. That would be powerful. And that's what God wants to do in our lives, guys. What I see in this, in these few verses, that I want to highlight to us, is that people had this deep unity. They had this deep, deep unity. They were deeply united together. We live in a culture where we idolize, I say idolize, like we worship independence. We worship individuality. But God is trying to stir that up and and shake it up and turn it upside down, flip it over. He wants to show us what it's like to be a community, what it's like to be deeply united with each other, so deep uh, that we're deeply united in heart and in soul. What does that mean? Your heart. Like your values. They all valued the same thing. A few thousand people, they valued the same thing. They, How do you value the same thing? You have to be led by the Spirit of God. You have to follow the leadership of the leaders. The leaders have to be following Jesus. And that's how you have unity. But when you want to go off and do your own thing, then we can't operate in community. It doesn't work. You're dis... You, you become disunited if that's the right way of saying it like we, we just don't have the unity and we need that unity otherwise we lack the, the extraordinary grace that God wants to, to give us and we lack the power that God wants to give us we lack the the unified witness because we just don't have it because we're all disunified we're not unified and we need to be we need to value the same things in our hearts but the scripture also says soul. What does that mean? Your soul is your mind, your, how you, your consciousness, how you think. That shows us that not only did they value the same things, but they thought the same way. We need to have unity, guys. We need to get... Like, I'm trying my best to follow Jesus as your pastor. And we need to follow suit. Our leaders follow me. And we should follow our leaders. And we should follow the same direction so that we're working towards the same thing and we're united deeply in heart and in soul. When I, as your primary leader, am sharing with you what I sense from God for us, that we need to do this or we need to do that, we need to be more generous. We need to, 
We need to step out in faith. We need to have courage. We need to take that seriously because God's speaking and he works through leadership. If it wasn't me, it would be someone else. If I was a part of the congregation, I wouldn't be I would be following. I'd be I'd be working in unity, following in the same direction so that we could be deeply united. So that we value the same things in our hearts and we value the same things in our minds, our souls. We need to be deeply united. And God is saying today that if we will be deeply united, God will do a powerful thing. He will do a powerful thing like we haven't experienced. But the problem is that do we want that or not? Do we want to experience the power of God? And if not, then just keep doing your own thing. Keep not taking Jesus seriously. Keep being a spectator of Jesus. When Jesus is saying, get up and follow me, you could just just don't answer. Just sit in the bleachers and don't get onto the playing field. Just keep on doing the same thing and we can be the same. We could be the same impotent version of the church that we have been. But there's something wrong with that. I don't know about you, but I I can't be satisfied with that. To be spiritually impotent when God wants something potent, something dynamic, something powerful, something world-changing, something life-changing. And it comes from this deep unity. When the community of faith, that's me, that's me, that's you, that's all of us together, that we're deeply united in heart, and in soul. We need that, guys. Would you covenant today to be one, to be deeply united, to follow our leadership as our leadership follows Jesus? Would you covenant to take risks? Would you covenant to be radical? to do stupid, crazy things that we read in Scripture, that we sense the Holy Spirit leading us to do? Let's go and do some crazy mm, for God because we're empowered by the Holy Spirit. Because we can't fall. We have something that will catch us underneath. And we believe that. Deeply united extraordinarily powerful. We need that. I'm asking you to have courage. Courage with me. Courage together. We need that, guys. It started with 12. And it went beyond because of how seriously they took their journey with Jesus. And for us, who are more than 12, we need to be on that same journey so that God can do something crazy through us. Let me pray for us. Let me pray for us right now. Thank you, God, for this message. Thank you, God, for this message. Heavenly Father, you are so loving, so patient, 
so powerful. And we're so grateful for what you're doing amongst us. What you're saying, what you're speaking, what you're leading us to do. But man, just like the lion in the Wizard of Oz, oh, how much we need to have a big heart to have courageous confidence before you. Oh, how we need to be deeply united. And so, God, we pray that you you, uh, would just gather us tight together as a community and give us the willingness and the proactiveness, the intentionality to go and follow you, follow you to the places that we were unwilling to go before. So that crazy, amazing, outrageous things would happen and people would know that, man, these guys love, these guys love like crazy. They are crazy. They're those crazy Christians, those crazy Christ followers. God, I would love that. Help us, help our community towards this direction. May 2023 be a crazy year because we know Jesus and we follow him and we have the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen, amen, amen.